Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook. Hey, good day. This is David Cook. Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Um, what a great day it is today. I don't know if you guys that probably don't inter- aren't interested in the weather forecast, but I will just tell you I am getting towards the end of an eight-week trip to Detroit and uh, looking at the weather map and having 55 degrees in the morning and 75 degrees as a high compared to what I left in Arizona was over 110, which is what it's going to be today. And Sharon, our guest, can confirm that. It is so nice. It is so nice to be cool with the windows open and being able to sit outside for lunch and dinner and stuff like that. Anyway, enough of that garbage. But what a beautiful day it is today. Happy Monday to everybody. A lot of people are going back to school today. Um, Arizonans went back to school three weeks ago, but I was passing school school buses this morning on my bike ride. So everything's getting back into the fall routine. Um, So let's uh, kick it off today. We have brought Sharon back. I don't know. Sharon doesn't know it, but she's going to be back a lot. I think uh, she's okay with that. But um, (laughs) good. But uh, we've had such great conversations um, on air and off air. And um, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, Sharon dropped me an email and said, Dave, one of the things that we could talk about someday are the four types of listening, which was really intriguing for me. Um, I didn't study her four types because I wanted to be educated and surprised and intrigued. But it is very interesting because my theory of listening is shut up, ask good questions, and shut up some more. And Sharon says, yeah, step back for a second, Dave, because there's different things to hear, different ways to respond, different things to understand. So we're going to dig into the four styles of listening. But before we do that, everybody's going to go, okay, Dave, who's Sharon? Sharon's a good friend. She's based in Arizona. Um, She's been a coach for families, parents, businesses as well. Um, I met her when she was uh, promoting a a program called that she had worked on called No Judgment, Just Love, which is beautiful because it fits into Dave's love and acceptance methodology. And it's a beautiful thing. So we're uh, Sharon um, has has been doing this for a while. It's a call to action, which urges us to rise above um, limitations of our biases and embrace the inherent worth and dignity of every individual. And in, in this day and age, I think we need to do more of that. So Sharon, thank you for coming back and hanging on the show with me today. Uh, Good morning, everyone. And good morning, Dave. Thank you for inviting me back. I enjoy our conversations and I listened very intently. And often people have a different definition of what no judgment, just love means to them. And I really respect what you said because it fits perfectly with what I believe it is. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, you used to used to have um, T-shirts and jewelry and also, right? Um, I don't have to remember the letters. No judgment. N-J-J-L. Correct. Right? Yes. And well, I still do. My, do you? You still have that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll it's on figure. my website and it's being updated. So it's a little challenging to purchase right now, but you can. 
um, but it's being updated. We've got mugs and T-shirts and hats and jackets and lots of things. And the, the fun part, everybody, is that there's no judgment, just love, whether you're left-handed or right-handed. So I don't know if you have coffee mugs <clears throat> that you pick up if you're right-handed and there's letters on them or they're saying and there's nothing on the other side. Well, if you're a lefty and you pick it up, you miss all the good words because you're picking it up with your left hand. So we have mugs situated specifically for those sweet lefties so they don't miss out on the message. There you go. That's pretty cool. I thought maybe if, you know, if it was on the opposite side, you're just sharing the message for everybody else because you know what it is. Many of us have breakfast alone, so there's no one to share. <laughs> well, that's true. If you're having breakfast alone, it's nice to have a little saying to pop you up, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm enjoying these conversations, Dave, and today should be interesting, right? Well, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing, I read your email when you wrote it, and I haven't gone back to it. So we're going to dig into this. Um, this this is going to be your floor. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, but uh, tell. let's just dig in. And you are the teacher, and I'm the student, and I'm going to ask questions. So um, take it away. Talk, let's talk about the four um, ways of listening or the four styles of listening. That's wonderful. Thank you. And do ask questions because I want this to be engaging conversation. You know I'm not shy. I know. <laughs> so as a communications consultant, which is what I do, not only with families, but like you said, with businesses. And personally, we have communication styles, we get communication classes in college, or business. And so we're informed how to debate and how to make a speech, and how to talk. But to me, the paramount importance of listening is is almost beyond the speaking. Because in listening, we get to uncover so many things. And like Dave said, shut up and listen is a, is a great beginning. Because, and not just shut up in your verbal outside conversation, but in your mind mm -hmm. to actually listen to the words that people are saying. If you have the privilege, like I do, of seeing Dave's body language, listen to what his body language is. Listen to where people are discovering what they want to say, where they're having trouble with what they want to say, or they're talking past and fast and they're confident, or they're talking past and fast because they're not sure. Um, it's just a reflex. So listening is important. And when I found and discovered this in perusing the internet about how to help people understand how to communicate, and they said, there's four ways of listening. Now, there are probably more, but we're just going to talk about four today. I thought, well, holy cow, there really are. <laughs> and the four, I'll just give a preview of what they are, and then we'll delve into each one separately. But there is appreciative listening. Hmm. And I'll just let that settle for a second, and people can ponder what they think that means for themselves. The next one is critical listening quite different than appreciative. And then relationship listening. Ooh. Yes. And then an interesting one is discriminative. You're trying to, I'm not going to go. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. But discriminative listening. So those four areas, do they resonate with you at all, Dave? I heard a woof 
after one of them. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking of relationship listening, but you know, it's that, that go for me, that could go in two different directions, but why it resonated with me is, um, you know, I said, woof is, is like relationship listening. I equated that to people who are in um, intimate relationships, spouses, uh, people who are dating and stuff like that, as opposed to um, relationship listening from a business point of view. And that's, that's where I went. I thought, ooh, that would be one that probably Dave needs to learn a little bit more about because, you know, we always joke about, I always joke with my wife that she's that she doesn't listen to me. And then she says, I told you, you don't listen to me. So it's like kind of like that thing is like, yeah, relationship listening. Our our spouses speak to us, but do we really hear them? That's, that's yes. kind of, so anyway. That, Perfect. That's, Perfect. It's, it's probably fresh off the fact that I spent the weekend with my wife. I hadn't seen her in about six weeks. So Aww, um, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it was I don't know if it was lovely for her but it was it was a nice it was nice to be able to have her up here in Detroit where she hasn't been here in 14 years and it was nice to have her in Detroit and go 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 visit all the things that we used to do as a family and as a couple and stuff like that you know so anyway but I'm I'm, I'm hijacking your your talk no you're not you know the the beauty of your podcast is you're never hijacking because we're always listening that's true. We're always talking, just sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's valuable as well. <clears throat> um, two of the things that I read as I was deciding which one we were going to start with <clears throat> was that here's a question for you. Is listening ever unhealthy or bad? I don't like using the word bad, so that's why I say unhealthy. Is is well, that's a yes-no question. So um I'm going to tease you and say no, but you really want more. Um, so, is listening <laughs> is listening healthy? Always, always listening healthy. Yeah, um, and I like the way you talked about listening because listening can be. It's interesting. You kind of snuck this in, and I heard this. Listening doesn't have to be verbal. Right. Listening is listening is paying attention. Um, and is paying attention constantly being in you know like alert aware in touch connected is listening constantly listening good or bad i think it's awesome because you're paying attention to what's going on around you as well as as you know maybe if you're engaged in conversation you're paying attention to the other cues that you get cuz listening is multifaceted it's body language it's energy it's facial expressions all those things as well as the words and the and the way it's expressed and stuff like that so yes Constantly paying attention, constantly being dialed in to, in, in awareness. Um, for me, for a person who's always dialed in, I would say yes, because that's I see things that people don't see. And then I was they go, oh, go ahead. I was thinking then people go, how'd you you know, where, when did you see that? So, well, when we were walking down, you know, there's a story and they say, Oh my gosh, do you is that all you do? Yeah, that's all I do is pay attention. Well, paying stu- attention is important so you don't trip and fall, especially when you're riding yeah. a bike. <laughs> but I'm studying, but I'm studying people, you know. And, yes. And I'm studying people and in, you know, and I like I could spend the whole show on this. So I'll I'll keep myself short, but it's the idea being is, is that you're you know, I in fact I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, Sharon. Um, yes. cuz it's popped in my head. Um my when my son was in the hospital probably my younger son in the hospital years ago for something um he had a, had a procedure and I was walking into the hospital and there was a woman sitting on the bench outside the hospital absolutely distraught and she was by herself 
And I saw it, my heart went out to her, and then I kept going and visited my son. And I'm telling you the story today because I still have this tremendous regret that I didn't stop. Oh, Dave. Because it's precious. like, but it's but it was a reminder is that there are if you're paying attention, people are people are showing you who they are all the time or yes. where they are all the time. And so I think it's important to pay attention to that stuff. So and anyway. to me, what you did was you used your other listening skills, not just verbal, your awareness skills, your intuitive skill that something might be amiss with her, especially because of the facility you were in, but mm -hmm. just her body language and her demeanor and maybe the energy that she gave off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's one thing that I do that I just offer to people to consider is I know that grief, regret, anger are all lower energies that don't serve us long-term. They're certainly compelling to have and to be in, but long-term, they just bring continually bring you down. And so when I miss what I think is an opportunity, I have this thing where I do mental gymnastics <laughs> and turn it around going, okay, I think I missed an opportunity, but maybe I didn't. Maybe she didn't want to be interrupted right then. And because I was walking by and didn't, I did actually honor her. That's a made up story. I don't know, but it helps me release the regret that I didn't stop, stop with somebody. I use that a lot when people are offering their compassion and vulnerability to ask for something when they have no home or when they're standing on the corner and I just either don't, don't feel compelled or didn't stop and offer them a water or a dollar or something. I go, okay, well, I know I wanted to, I didn't. And somehow I have to find the rightness of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the way you phrased that um, because it is possible that I would have been invading space that wasn't ready to receive somebody. But at the same time, I guess it's also possible if you believe in energy, I gave her a piece of my heart when I walked by. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't that feel good? Well, now that I've framed it that way, I'm going to forgive myself for being a jerk and walk, walking past her. But Okay. <laughs> you know, because it was like there was regret. But now that we spin it, say, eh, there, you know, maybe you don't know. So maybe it was okay. But there was a moment where at least I gave her, a, I paused and acknowledged her, even though she didn't know acknowledge. And there's there's energy in that if you, if you believe that stuff. But I do believe that. I do too. And just to continue that real quick, and then we'll get back to my question. Um, there's a story, don't remember all the details about it, but it was an experiment at a college where two actors were sitting far enough away from each other and they were both given the um, intention of something's wrong. Like I need some help. They weren't allowed to say it. And they had two groups of people and it was called the Good Samaritan. And one group said, their instructions was you have all the time in the world to get from A to B, you're going to get interviewed and you're going to get a prize. And you have all the time in the world to get there. The other group is like, you're in a hurry. We're going to leave with this prize. And you have to hurry up and get there. And the interesting thing was what percentage of each group do you think stopped and helped the goods, helped the people that needed help? What percentage? Probably about a third at the most. Yeah, more, more people that had no time barrier stopped to help. Yeah. Those that had a time barrier had to make a choice. 
Do I get my prize? Do I go visit my son? Do I get to work on time? And they don't give themselves permission for whatever reason, valid or not, to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting how we prioritize, right? Yes, yes. And, that with, and, and back to your thing, it's without judgment because there are everybody has a reason why they do what they do, but it's a matter of giving ourselves permission to do what we do. And sometimes we feel like, you know, it's hard, it's restrictive. There's things that we say, ah, I got, but I gotta. And then that's what we move towards. And that doesn't make I, us wrong, but just it depends on how we prioritize and respond. Absolutely. And I think by the story you shared about your son, and the one I just shared about the Good Samaritan, not giving body a have to, but just another thought process. It When mm -hmm. you do encounter things that you wish you had done that you didn't have time, or you now have time, there's an opportunity to consider what Dave said about the energy of people or giving your heart without even stopping. Mm -hmm. So what I uncovered about listening is there is at least what they identified as one time when listening is not exactly healthy for you. And that is when the person that you're listening to is complaining over and over and over and over mm -hmm. and over infinitum, because what that does to your brain is it stops, stops, it blocks the part of your brain that does the function of problem solving because they're droning on and on and just limiting you listening and having some opportunity to engage or discern or comfort. You're just being accosted with, <laughs> they're complaining. What do you think of that? Well, I agree. In fact, I was thinking of some of my coaching calls when you probably had the same coaching calls where you're sitting down with somebody and they sit down and they say, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. This is my situation. And you go through, have you, what, you know, what are some of the things you've done? What are some of the things you try? And they go, that won't work. That won't work. That won't work. No, I've tried that. That didn't work. And after a while, you just kind of like, oh my gosh. And it's, it's like getting on a, a you know, like a bunking Bronco, but you hate it because there's, you know, nothing's going to come with this conversation, but yes. you, you know, the commitment that we have is I got to stay with us. I want, I, I, my commitment is to help this person find a way out. But when some people don't want to find a way out, it's, it's, it becomes toxic. And, you know, I think they, that's an excellent point. When it becomes toxic, who has control over you? Someone else yeah. or you? And even if you don't know how to gently or compassionately and you just like shut up <laughs> and listen to me or shut up and just stop talking, I think it's, it's a piece of information for me for us to use self-care as we're listening. So if someone is really bucko broncoing you to the point of you're drained, you're frustrated, there's no way for you to interact, you get to decide whether it's appropriate to say, you know what, I hear you, I have understanding for you, but let's shift the conversation or I'm not going to engage in that anymore. Or you know what, you might need some time on your own and then you can come back and talk to me later. Whatever words you can think of just to save your brain <laughs> right well i was you know when you when you were talking about that i was thinking about um a client that i had years ago and um i was working with this one executive and everything that they everything about the company and their boss and leadership and blah 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 was messed up messed up messed up messed up and i was and i was working on personal responsibility and 
um, finding ways to communicate their challenges and frustration with their boss because they wouldn't talk to their immediate boss. They wouldn't talk to leadership about the things they were concerned about. And I thought they had, you know, so they were they were telling the other person, they're probably doing this because, they're probably doing that because. And I said, have you ever asked them why they're doing what they're doing or shared with them how you're experiencing? And they would go, no, no, we went around the, we went around the block a million times. And this was not like, you know, two weeks worth. This was a year's worth of. Oh, you know, wow. And finally, one day I sat down with them and I go, you know what? Um, I'm done with this. And the other thing I have to tell you is it's time for you to leave the company. And they looked at, they looked at me really funny. I said, look, your commitment isn't to fixing the problem. Your commitment is to bitching about it. And I said, if you're not going to fix it, leave, because what you're really doing is you're dragging all of us down as a result of your attitude and you're dragging yourself down as well. And it was good. But the funny thing was the interesting pivot. All of a sudden, he's like, well, yeah, but you know, he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe I will. And he came back a week later and goes, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. <laughs> of course, Sometimes they did. the truth helps. I know yeah. that phrase. Well, they did. Hurts. They ended up not working on it. But at least there was a pivot where they recognized that that we never had a complaining conversation again. In fact, we never yes. actually we never met again. They didn't want to meet with me because they knew what the message was. Either yes. to fix it or leave. Either fix it or leave. Exactly. And they knew they weren't they weren't going to fix it, and they knew they weren't going to leave, so they didn't have a voice. They didn't have a, a, a an ear. They lost their ear. When they lost their ear, they didn't have any place to go to bitch or complain. There you go. There you go. Prove the point exactly. So let's start with the first one, Dave. Appreciative listening. Appreciative listening is where your phrase "shut up and just listen" comes in, <laughs> because you're just listening to appreciate the story. To, to give an ear to someone who just wants to share. There's no need to ask questions. There's no need to interrupt. Please don't interrupt. Um, and it's just, you are being a comfort if they want to just unload something that's heavy. You're being a cheerleader if they want to celebrate something that they're talking about. You're just appreciating the gift you're giving as someone to listen to someone else. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So you're just sitting, you're you're sitting in in the conversation and appreciating appreciating the moment. Exactly, or the person, or what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You're not distracted by other things because you don't have an active what you deem an active role in this conversation. Your active role may feel passive and disconnected, but it is actually resonant of holding space for someone because in our society we don't often listen to people and Mm -hmm. when we what we have trained our brains we have to have a reason we have to point i have to make a point and sometimes i just want to share an experience with you right and you and you appreciate the moment and the person and the story and all the other things that come out of that for what it is right and it doesn't imagine a time it doesn't have, and it doesn't it doesn't have to have an end game. I love that you had that in there. Um, yeah. What's the purpose of this? I don't know. How about we just enjoy the conversation? Something new. <laughs> We're so focused on an end, a goal. I got to graduate. I have to finish. And sometimes it's just pleasant, like you said, and started out. It's a beautiful morning. Just be in the moment and enjoy the moment. And say thank you or ask if they want any feedback and just comment, well, that was lovely. Or I I know you're having challenges. How can I help? You know, just 
listen appreciatively. Mm, that's good. I like it. Yeah. Should we go to the next one or do you have a, another question? No, I think I'm, well, so anyway, my shut up and listen, you're right. That's shut up and listen is, uh, is number one, you know, is, is appreciative listening. Cause I just like, I, I love having conversations with people. I love being in the moment. I love having the opportunity, especially when I see somebody relaxing and being authentic with me. It's like, this is great. Cause we're getting to know each other. We're having conversation on a very interesting, informative uh, connection kind of level. And, um, you know, so I guess I'm a, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I'm going to predict that I'm a number one kind of guy. I love though, you know, when I'm in conversation, that's my, that's my jam, but. And, you know, can you share with me and then likewise with your audience, when you're in an appreciative lift listening capacity or role, what's going on in your head? Truthfully, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like that old saying when people used to say, Dave, when you're riding your bike, like when you rode your bike across the country, I think I've used this quote a million times. So if you've heard it before, but so what do you think about? Is it everything and nothing? And the reason I say it is because I'm not really aware of what I'm thinking, but I know I'm thinking. Yes, yes. And so I'm in the moment. Like you said, you use that term in the moment. I'm in the moment. It's like, hey, we're having a great conversation and I'm enjoying it. It's like, where does it, well, where does this, those kind of conversations lead? Don't know, don't care. Right. It's like, what's the purpose of this conversation? Well, if I had to have a purpose, it's to see, find ways for us to get to know each other better. Yes. Okay? That would be the objective. But really, even in that, I think that that is, is even, I want to see where it takes us. You know, so it's more you like know. just drive, just driving down a street I've never been on before. Why are we on this street? Because I've never been on the street before. There you go. Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I use it in parenting a lot when I, when I talk with, my clients or for myself, you know, we're going to be parents forever with our children and they, <laughs> and they have different iterations of their life when they're confident, when they're not, when they're naughty, when they're not, <laughs> you know, all of those things. And I now can, because I've learned about appreciative listening, I can just listen and appreciate the growth appreciate where they are right now, appreciate that they've overcome a challenge that they're talking to me, even not directly, but in their words and what they're sharing. I go, oh, yeah, this conversation wouldn't have happened five years ago. And here it is happening mm -hmm. and how joyful I am for them. Or they're telling me a challenge. Okay. I've switched from the mom telling to the mom being here for support. So mm -hmm. I always ask, would you like some comment for that? Would you like my opinion? Do you want to hear it? But even before that, it's just me appreciating that they've matured in a way where they're going to find their way. It may not look like what I would do, and most time it doesn't, but they will. So this appreciative listening is is really deep. You can take it in a lot of a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. I like the what um, as we come into break. Obviously, we're going to get the other three on the other side of break. But I like what you said too. Is that um, when you're with people where the relationship has evolved, you get an opportunity to see how the communication has has um, evolved as well, and how maybe it has changed from you know like when I'm doing client stuff. There's clients who don't don't trust me at first. 
then after a while they, they're seeking me out and dropping bombs on my desk, you know, like questions saying, wow, you know, that, that's pretty heavy. You're really trusting me with a lot. And I'm kind of appreciating, I'm appreciating that because it's like, oh, Dave, I trust you. Um, I need your help or I need your advice. I need some perspective. I need, need a voice, you know, I need to share this. And yeah, it's, it's really cool because then you're in that space going, yeah, this is awesome. We are having, we're having a great conversation that we couldn't have predicted five years ago, three years ago, whatever. So good stuff. I love that you said appreciative listening equals building trust. That's what I Mm -hmm. heard. For me, it is. Yes. Definitely. Because I, when I can tell when people, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're coming to break. I could tell though, when people are, um, you know, they're, they're hesitant to share. And then there's a moment where they just plop down and start talking. And I'm yes. like, okay, now we've crossed the chasm to who's Dave to, um, I need to talk to Dave or I want to talk to yes. Dave. Yes. And that's, that's you, it. you know, for, and from a consulting point of view, it's great with my kids. Just like you said, um, your daughter's probably sharing things with you um, today that she wouldn't have shared with you five years ago. Without a doubt. Yeah, because now she sees you not as just a mom, but uh, but a person who loves her, who has her best interests in heart, cares for her, and has always been there for her. So she says, "Yeah, why would I give my mom shit? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna talk to my mom. I'm not gonna hide this stuff from her anymore. I need exactly. to talk. I need to comfortably talk to my mom." So, all right, um, we went past the break cue, but we're gonna take it anyway. This is David Cook uh, with Sharon Ria, and we're going to continue our conversation about. The four styles of listening when we come back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, Too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, Host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific. Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave 
at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. Can you imagine what would happen, Sharon, if somebody actually called? I'd, I probably would fall over and not be able to take the call. Um, if you're out there listening, just call, okay? I'm, I forgot. I should have written down the number. I never write them down, so I can't remember it. You probably didn't write them down either. But uh, if you're a regular listener, I challenge each of you. Challenge. Challenge one of you. Call me. In fact, if you call me, I don't know. You might even get a prize just because. So anyway, um, Sharon, we were yes. we inter- we were having such a great conference. There it is. Our our stout engineer shows up with the call letter eight eight eight. Yeah, eight 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 three four six nine one four one. I encourage you, encourage you to call. It would be you would be the first caller ever, and it will be a blast. I can guarantee you. And I and there probably is a top secret prize in there for you for doing it. So anyway, um, uh, you're encouraged to call. Back to you, Sharon. Um, okay. We spent we, we spent quality time on number one, appreciative listening. Um, any closing thoughts or you want to dive into number two? I think we'll dive into number two. And number two is critical listening. Ooh. Now, what I learned in first grade, critical hurt. Anytime someone was trying to critique me it felt painful. That's my personality. Some people enjoy being critiqued, but I think many people here criticize when they hear the word critical thinking. So if you can take that word criticize and just put it on the shelf, because we're not talking about criticizing with critical thinking, we're talking about critiquing. And it's critiquing listening, not critiquing talking. critical listening, which means when someone is explaining something to you or they're having a conversation that has a lot of points, a lot of different moving parts, you're critically listening to try and figure out the puzzle so that when you do communicate, you've actively critically listened so that now you have something to offer the conversation. Mm -hmm. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. Um, I, I I thought two things out of the gate. Um, first of all, well, actually three things. First of all, I loved the way you said when because when people say, "Dave, can I give you advice?" Um, usually, I'm getting better now, but used to be I would panic. It's like, okay, they're going to tell me what I'm doing wrong, and that would be the filter that I heard. And I know it came from a, a lot of times. It came from a place of love and concern and support and encouragement. But I've still heard somebody's going to tell me I'm doing something wrong. So, yeah, when somebody gives me, let's critique Dave's talk or let's critique Dave's things, like, oh, my gosh, here we go. They're going to tell me all the things I did wrong. And so it would, it would, I would panic knowing that was coming. Um, but I, what you talked about with critical listening is really interesting. The one thing that I have a caveat with that. Good. And this goes back, this goes back to, um, you know, the stuff with selfless listening that, you know, when I do selfless listening, I have four layers of listening. It's called listening to learn, learning to understand, understanding to know, knowing to solve. And what I've always found out that, you know, we one of the things you talked about is we do a lot of training, coaching and development for salespeople. And what's the one thing we teach them, try to teach them to do is be better learners, listeners and they all suck at it. And the reason that they're all really bad at it is because they do the first two really well. They listen to learn, learn to understand. In other words, they get a good sense of the situation, but they right away want to get the off-ramp and tell somebody what they need to do. 
It's like when you're talking with a friend and you're having a cup of coffee and you're sharing them a story and they, you get about halfway through the story and say, oh, so Dave, have you ever tried? It's like, oh my God, I'm not done and you don't understand. But for them, they were already moving on. So when I think of critical thinking is, is that if you don't have the discipline to go to the point where you know everything that you need to know and people actually, you know, because I when I say from, you know, the listening to learn, learning to understand, when you drop to the next level, understanding to know, usually people are sharing things that aren't easily shared. Yes. Back to the trust thing that we talked about earlier. So when 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 somebody trusts you with a, the deeper sense of the story or the deeper version of the story or the need or the experience, now you're in a place where you can really empathize with the situation. Now you're better prepared to answer. But most of us keep it we keep the conversation safe to see if the people are trustworthy. And as people listening, we usually peel off before we have an opportunity to see to get to the deep stuff. And we're already over here. So critical thinking for me requires you to sit in the conversation longer. Right, exactly. And, you know, Dave, as we go through all these four, they don't exist in a silo. <laughs> you know, you just only appreciative listening and then, okay, I got to stop that. And now I'm going to do critical listening with Joe over here. No, it's it's a being aware that throughout a conversation, you could employ all four of these listening styles, depending upon how the conversation goes. So for me, the, the critical thinking is not about the talking. It's mm -hmm. only about the listening, because that's the, that's the heading that we're under. So I'm critically uncovering where's my bias to what you're saying where's my openness to what you're saying where's my quick i want to respond and i hold myself back because i'm being respectful that you're trying to give me information so it's a way of just calibrating you know what you're hearing adjusting it to what your you know willingness is <laughs> to hear what the person is saying and to find a way to then engage. Like you said, you listen to understand, you listen to know, you listen to gather all the information as critically as you can, not criticizingly. Um, and then you now have something to offer at least at a higher level in my view to the conversation, which includes being more respectful to the person that's giving you information, even if you disagree with absolutely everything they had to say. It's true. Well, that's the, that's the trick. And um, a little mantra that I used to try to do with moms and dads who are struggling to hear their talk to their kids when they're in the addiction situation is the reminder is it's not about me. Correct. So when you're Hardly sitting, ever. yeah, when you're sitting there with your kids and they're and they're sharing their stupid story about you know whatever it is, and sometimes they were just BS stories, but that wasn't the point. They're sharing something with us. It's not ours to define. In my opinion. It's not mine to pick it apart to try to like discern the truth from it. What it is, is it's my job to receive it for what it is. Correct. And then I can filter out as what they want me to, what way they want me to understand from it or what they want me to glean from it. I'm still going to do it, but it's all about them. It's not about me, whether I like it, whether I approve of it, whether I believe it. That's not the, that's not it. What's my commitment? My commitment is to listen to, so that I can hear what they want me to hear. Exactly. And one of the ways that I invite people to consider whatever form of listening you're doing, whether it's deep, appreciative, critical, or any other, other form, 
consider beginning your response or your reply with either a question to confirm that you heard what they said in the way they meant it, because you might have heard something different, or with an opening phrase. What I heard you say was, instead of, oh, yeah, I understand, because maybe you didn't, <laughs> mm -hmm. which will shut them down a little bit or at least stop them from opening up to you in, in the furtherance of the conversation. So just be aware that the listening is an activity. It's not passive. It's an activity. And you talking about the parents and the relationship, guess what the next one is? Relationship, relationship. listening. Yes. <laughs> My favorite one. Yes. And this one is everyone. And, and, I, and I really want to insert here, Dave, that it's coming aware to me or clear to me that when I think about listening, I think about my ears, they face out. Mm -hmm. So I think about listening to other people. But there's somebody else I need to listen to and have relationship with. And that's my voice inside my head. Because the relationship with me is the paramount relationship that allows me to have the grace to do all these other things with you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm constantly beating myself, I'm constantly judging myself, I'm constantly putting myself down. I don't know how to live in the now. I'm in regret because what I should have, could have, didn't do is going on. Mm -hmm. In my head. That's not having a relationship that's healthy with myself. You're having a relationship, Sharon, but it may not be serving you in the way you'd like it to serve you. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, I, I have this phrase that says my internet went down. Did I stop? Did I stop moving? You're, you're, you're fine. Yeah, you froze for about two seconds. And I was getting ready okay. to jump. I was getting ready to jump in and say, well, <laughs> Sharon, Sharon will be back. But here. Yes. But then you so, started yeah. talking. Then you started talking again. So I was relieved. <laughs> <laughs> so comment on that part. Well, I think that that's really interesting because um, the, I think well, I, it's, it's kind of a contrast. So it's something for maybe for us to talk about because there's a bit of a contrast. One of the things that, um, you know, there was a book written years ago, you know, called Active Listening. And one of the reasons, one of the challenges that I give to the book, kind of like, you know, me being, you know, snarky in some respects, because I was splitting hairs with the with the author, but um for me, active listening says, how do I demonstrate, you know, a lot of their stuff is, how do I demonstrate that I'm listening? Yeah, no, that's not what I mean. But, I know. Okay. But, but the other thing, like you said, is that being aware of my relationship with myself as I'm listening is really cool because what it is, is that, that you can't turn it off, but you need to find ways to manage it. Yes. Because if, because if you get caught up in your head trash, you're not listening anymore. You're actually playing with the garbage. Yes. I think that's what you're saying, right? Is, is That's one is, of the things I'm saying. Okay. The other thing I'm saying is, are you listening to yourself inside your head? Yeah. Are you discerning what you're saying to yourself? Oh, you big dummy. Why didn't you turn there? Oh, why did you wear that outfit? Everybody's going to hate it. Or, you know, why did you say that? That sounded dumb. Or, well, you're the best person in the entire world. Nobody else is better than you are. So there's an arrogant voice talking or there's a victim voice talking to you. And to be able to be in relationship with yourself, to me, is the beginning of informing you how you are in relationship with everyone else. Ooh, say that again. To me, 
The paramount relationship is the relationship you have with yourself and how that informs the relationships you have with other people. So one of the clients I had couldn't understand why her mother-in-law was saying certain things and telling her she was awful and doing all these things that were unloving. And somehow I, well, not somehow, it's my job, but I said, you know, what I've uncovered is that people can only love you to the capacity that they love themselves because they can't give what you don't have. Right. That's very true. I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that that is true because you only, because if you know, then it goes back to you know how if you can't if you haven't experienced love, you can't give love. Right. You know, there's you know um, we don't don't want to go down the faith circle very much, but you know the there's a lot of there's so there's some theology about that is that we love because we were loved. Um, you know, in a spiritual sense, and if we haven't experienced that or had a had a connection with that, it's difficult for us to experience to give love because we don't know what it looks like. We could, we could do you, that with it. We could do that with a lot of things. You don't know how to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich until somebody makes one for you or you have one and say, How did you make that? Exactly. And I don't know about you, but I want more jelly than peanut butter. Some people yeah. want it even, even. So even if somebody teaches me, I only know that way. And sometimes what I find is we, we learn because my phrase is no judgment, just love. So I've really spent a lot of time thinking about what exactly do I define as love and how do other people define it? So if I grew up in a house where everybody hit each other because that's what was the parents, this, this inability to uncover, that's maybe not the most appropriate way. I, as a child, think, oh. Hitting is love because we just accept my peanut butter and jelly sandwich the way you made it. I don't know that there's another way to make it. And so now when I'm in relationship with my friends and I come up and smack them in the back of the head because that's what happened to me, they think that's not loving. And I think, what's wrong with you? I'm showing you that I love you. Yeah. So, so it's really valuable for us to not only shut up and listen inside our head, but also discern what words you're choosing because someone else may have a different definition for those words. That's why I say, if you listen, ask, well, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you meant? Yeah. So the other relationship is like you were talking about with people in our world, relationship listening. Are you desiring to have a relationship with them? So you listen appreciatively or critically or in a different way. Or are you deciding in this relationship is not going to go forward? So how you listen with relationship in mind informs you whether it's a yay or a nay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, again, kind of. I'm going to put I'm going to put a rainbow of colors on the yay or nay because there's a lot of a lot of gray in between the yay and nay. Yes, but but that's that is true. There's a point in the conversation. And I wouldn't say that it's judgment, but there's a point in the conversation where I can see how they're how somebody's wired, how they think, um, their value system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of make a I make a business decision, a determination to say, this is somebody that I want to spend a lot of time with. 
here's somebody that I'm, I, I, there's nobody, there's only a few people that I won't spend time with. And those are people I would say they're just mean, nasty, narrow-minded people. I can't, I can't make time for them because it, they suck back to the dis, the discernment. They suck the life out of me. Um, but for everybody else, it's like, okay, um, when I talk to them, this is what I know I'm going to get. When I deal with somebody else, I want to talk to them because this is what I know I'm going to get. So there's a wide range of things. I kind of put them in a whole bunch of different slots. And I don't know if that's healthy or not, but for me, it's it's it, it's it's a way for me to say, okay, now I understand the type of relationship I'd like to have with them, the type of interactions I, I, I can have with them, the things that I can accomplish when we're talking and getting to know each other or working together, the obstacles, all that stuff. And I and I can say that there's certainly there's 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 different slots that people fit in, and I don't I don't really want to make it sound like I put them in boxes, but I kind of know how this is going to go and what the potential well, is. What I heard, and you know, I see images in my head when people are talking. <laughs> uh, what I heard was, well, if I have a pill box and I have pills that I'm supposed to take on Monday, but not Thursday, I can't have them just willy nilly. I need mm -hmm. to put them in a box so that I know which is the one appropriate for me. And that's mm -hmm. what I heard with your, I have to triage to see, okay, this one I can have this kind of relationship with, this one not so much, the gray area that you speak about. And that to me is a healthy boundary for you and for them. It, it is a judgment, but it's also a discernment. It's mm -hmm. also a balance of I'm not having a lot of fun. Maybe you aren't either. So we'll just siphon it to this small amount or not at all. So we can both go off and get filled up in the way we get filled up. Right. And the other thing that I do is it's not to limit it. So I don't say this is all this is ever going to be because the commitment is I'm going to have the best relationship that I can possibly have with everybody I interface with. That's the commitment. Well, I'll tell you a story, Dave, real quick. I did eliminate. And I have eliminated with some people that were previously defined as a friend because what I benefit from is someone either appreciatively listening to me, critically listening to me to offer me new insight. But in relationship, I, I want a safe space with you. I want to be able to really be me and I'm going to provide that safe space for you to be you the good, the bad, and the ugly of all of that. That's that's mm -hmm. my close relationships. I don't need that with everybody. But if you're going to be in a close relationship, I need that. And there was a moment in time when I actually asked, I'm going to say something I'm not ready to say, but I need you to hold grace and no judgment, just love. And they just did not. Mm -hmm. And it was like a knife in my heart every time they spoke. Well, I thought you were this. And, why can't? and I was like, you know what? Right now, I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm not speaking with you for a while because I had to recalibrate myself, find my balance, find my willingness or not to re-engage with this person and get some space so that I could uncover where I wanted to go, if at all. So sometimes I think it's valuable to just use your healthy boundary, your discernment, what you can handle and what you cannot. And some people you just have to say, in a minute. Not right now. You know, you just you shared uh, just now in that story um, a very, very, very important little rule um, or whatever. We'll call it a rule, but that's probably too, too structured. Um, you were honest with the people about the situation. You didn't ghost them. 
you you in in all all authenticity and and stuff you said you know we're in a place where tick 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 i'm not sure we're we're, we're i'm not sure that i'm in a place where i can continue this relationship where i'm not sure that i that i'm going to you know not necessarily continue but i need to step back and reevaluate where we're at we'll revisit this we'll talk or something i think that's really important because a lot of times what we do is we say yeah i'm done with sharon that's it but that's a decision I made and I did it in a vacuum and I just didn't take your calls. I just, um, you know, cut you off or ignored you and stuff like that. And what you did was you stepped it up and you had the decency, the respect of the relationship, the respect of the, of another human being to let them know that what they, where we're at, the interaction that we're having isn't working. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. And it's something that's why I say it's a rule. I think we owe it to people that we're engaged with to to share with them, not to not to chew them out and say they're doing something wrong, because that's not what you said. We're in a place where I'm struggling to feel safe. I'm struggling to feel respected. I'm struggling to feel tr- that trust. Now you're giving them something to noodle on and something to decide if they want to learn more and work on it or as well as, as while you're doing the same thing. So anyway, it, it, that's, this is somewhere in that in the listening thing, but boy, was that a, that was a big nugget, Sharon. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> a, a big <laughs> nugget. <laughs> and I'm going to liken it back to the relationship listening, because in order to be authentic with people and tell them your truth, even though you think it might be jagged for them or difficult for you, You have to have a relationship with the voice inside your head that says you are worthy to speak your mind. You are worthy in this world. You and your thoughts and your emotions matter. And and if you haven't done that, then you ghost because Mm -hmm. you, you just haven't found the space within yourself to honor you and honor someone else. And that's okay. Maybe if you listen to this podcast and call me or Dave. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, we'll, we'll help you if you choose. You know, that's, I think that that's, you, you brought up that, you know, we talked a little bit about knowing yourself, you know, the critical thinking and hearing the voice and hearing how you're conversing and stuff like that. Um, you know, way back when, probably 20 episodes ago, we had, um, Monica Guzman on, she was talking about, yes. um, having tough conversations, but one of the things that she says, a lot of times people don't know how to have tough, don't know how to articulate what they believe because they really don't know what they believe. And exactly. so what they what they do is they 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 try other things, but it's not necessarily coming from who they are or what they're experiencing. It's they're trying to make something up as they go. And what you're saying is if you be in touch with why this didn't resonate, be in touch with why you're uncomfortable, share that and then and give somebody at least the opportunity in the moment to absorb that. So that at least they know that when you if you're not talking to them or you're not communicating with them. This is where we're at. This is the tension that we're in that we have an opportunity to talk through and work through if you'd like to. 100%. Thank you, Dave, for summarizing that. Nice. Okay, so we left the number four out. and We're not even going to talk about it. You know why? Because you're coming back. And so we're we're going to revisit this conversation again, but we'll probably lead with number four and then we'll do some other things. Um, Sharon, really quick, um, how do we get in touch with you? Oh, that's easy. I'm on all this. Well, I'm on Facebook mostly at Sharon Ria, AZ. Same thing on Instagram. My email is S-H-A-R-O-N-R-E-A-A-Z at Gmail. And you can reach me on my website, 
www.njjl.world. No judgment, just love world. There we go. All right. We're almost past our time. Everybody, um, we'll do a rebroadcast next week because it's a holiday. And then we'll be back doing stuff live. This is Dave Cook. Open your heart, open your ears, open your mind, because once you start listening, everything changes. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.